0: Lockdown.
1: Our daily podcast to keep you sane during the chaos. 21 days, 21 professionals to get you through the COVID-19 lockdown.
0: Hello and welcome back to day eight of lockdown and day eight of our daily podcast. My name is Kirsten Farquharson and with me, I have the lovely
1: Danielle DeToy. So today we have a very special guest. His name is Charles Malanga. He is a counseling psychologist working in private practice and at Avexia Psychiatric Day Clinic. His special interest is people. He is a person of influence, a person of integrity, and it's a real honor to have him on the show with us today. Welcome, Charles.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Charles,
0: thank you so much for joining us today. Our first question is around healthcare practitioners. We are really interested to know what your thoughts are in terms of their experiences during this time as a healthcare practitioner. What is your experience and what is the experience of other healthcare practitioners during this lockdown period?
2: Okay, I I think maybe to just tie in with what Danny said when she introduced me is that I'm interested in people, but obviously a large focus of what I'm speaking about is the perspective on a healthcare practitioner. But I think we mustn't negate the fact that we are people Um, and sort of the second stage is we've fallen into the same category of people that are essential workers in this moment in time and and having to obviously go and combat the different risks and try and mitigate the different risks that come with the coronavirus. So I think probably a lot of people. So that will be your security, your police, your people at the, at the shops, at the tellers, anyone that has to go and work and make contact with people. It sort of falls into this into this pit. But I think, I think there's certain nuances that obviously certain healthcare practitioners, especially the ones in the front line, if you want to call it, are facing. But I think the first of of six feelings that I've definitely felt, especially in this period, and I'm going to go through them based on, you know, when I became more, more aware of each of them. And there's definitely fear. And I think it is a natural response to be to be fearful of what is going to happen, what is the time, how is this going to affect my livelihood, how is this going to impact my health, how is it going to impact the health of the people around me, and so all the things that, that permutate as a result of that fear, and I don't think there is a right level of fear to feel, but I think to some degree, at some some level of fear, has probably you know been quite pronounced for any healthcare practitioner, especially doctors and nurses, and anyone in a position where they're they're forced to expose themselves to different people and work in these scary times and, and, and these conditions. Then the second is envy. And I, I can maybe explain that in the sense that I live with someone that at this moment in time has been allowed to work from home. And there's this sense of envy that they're still able to to still be able to be productive um, within the home space. And there's this sense of, well, for me to be able to do what I do, I have to go out and engage with different people. Obviously, that's shifted significantly for mental health practitioners, especially psychologists, because we're able to do stuff on Zoom platforms, on Skype, on, on WhatsApp, video call, on FaceTime. But um, I think initially, especially because I'm involved in a psychiatric facility and you obviously have to be there for the admission patients, it makes it a bit difficult. And, and you sit with the sense of envy. And and so one of the things that I found myself next feeling was that well I have these uh, above normal conditions that I have to work in these difficult conditions so I should be I should be owed something I should get some kind of recognition and and then you have the sense of entitlement because you're thinking to yourself well here I am doing what I can in this moment in time and and considering and and you know, trying to care for other people while at the same time putting myself at risk. And I think one of the biggest parts of being a healthcare practitioner, especially a mental healthcare practitioner, is that there's a level of control and compassion that you have to show. And so if you're sitting with all these anxieties about all these things that are happening around you, but then you have to be contained, composed and contain the patient in front of you, it's a minefield of emotions that you have to juggle. You know, it, it, it is quite, quite a difficult place to be in. And and so often that feeling then triggers onto another thing because you're juggling all these feelings. So the fear, the envy, entitlement, anger is obviously one of the most natural responses because it's just overwhelming. It's too much. You're just trying to get rid of it. Um, and then the anger just, it's at people, it's at yourself for having to be put in the situation, it's at yourself for agreeing to be in the situation. And you just, you, there's a multitude and there's a plethora of things that are just going on and suddenly, you know, the whole world feels like it's a villain and and all of these things not sometimes happening in isolation but happening in combination. So, you're not going through these different phases on day one, fear, on day two, envy, on day three, entitlement. It's like, in a period of the day, you'll have anger and then and then you'll go to fear and then it'll be entitlement and then envy and, and all sorts of these things. But sort of what happens when you when you come come out of that anger phase is then you also face a bit of guilt. And sometimes it can happen before the anger, but a lot of the times you feel a sense of guilt that why can why are you angry? Because you took on this profession that you're supposed to help people. You took on this profession, you know, to to essentially save lives and then you know you sit there and you think well i should just suck this up and you know go with it because there's a lot of privilege that i'm allowed i'm allowed to work in a virtual space i'm allowed to do all these things and then on the weekends you are now suddenly faced with the position where you also want to be more supportive to to people and so you're taking calls saturday and sunday and you're working overtime and your head is going absolutely mad and and then it comes down to the shame. And sometimes the shame can, can also be associated not only with those, those things that you, you know, start feeling guilty for, um, shame can be, you know, around the idea that, okay, I have to go into work, but you know, I can't call in sick because, you know, I, I've got to keep the, the show going. I have to, I have to be healthy. I have to be fit available. Both, not only to to the patients, but also to the team that's relying on me not to fall sick in this moment in time, and then they have to readjust and and um, and and sort of factor the fact that I'm not available to assist. So you sit with with a lot of different feelings as a healthcare practitioner that are just a lot more imposed on you, and and it, there isn't an easy way out where you just say, okay, well. I'm done with this. Let me go self-isolate. And, you know, but you're conflicted with, with these responsibilities that you have as, as someone that is a healthcare practitioner. Part of the reason why you became one is so that you could help people, especially in these difficult times. And then there's just a plethora of things that we're feeling. And I think it just applies to so many different people and contexts. So not only the healthcare practitioners, but anyone that's a central worker that has to, to be involved this moment in time.
1: So, Charles, you're giving language to a lot of the things that I'm feeling. And I think, you know, you're giving a lot of insight to me in terms of my own personal experience. And I'm just thinking that that's going to be encouraging for a lot of people to actually help explain what it is that they're sitting with and some of the reasons why they're sitting with those different feelings. What do you think, Charles, are some of the coping mechanisms that healthcare practitioners may be using to cope during this time?
2: I think there there's many uh, coping mechanisms, um, and I'm sure a lot of people are saying, you know, meditation and, you, you know, all these, if you want to more, call it more structured coping mechanisms. But I think what people sometimes lose sight of is actually the, um, the fundamental psychological defenses, you know, that are things that are happening. And maybe just like you said, putting a name to some of these things actually helps us understand what it is that is happening and what it is that that's happening inside of us that we need to address. So obviously I sent you something just, just in a wheel and how I understood it. And sort of when I was able to identify some of the things that were happening, but I was also very fortunate that I was in in nice intensive therapy as well um, and supervision. And, you know, that helped me help me understand and identify some of the things that were happening for me. So I'm just going to go through them. They're not happening in, in different steps. Like I said, with their feelings, they're happening in combination and a lot of them tends to come up um, at different stages, but I did have a chance to reflect. And I think first of all, I'll definitely say is denial. And that will come with the fear you deny, you know, that this thing is so big that it will affect you. And that because you're a healthcare practitioner in some way, you are protected away from this that you you almost have some kind of immunity and then when that falls away a bit then you you might project you might project some of the feelings of insecurity some of the fears that you have onto someone else and that often comes with the envy and you want to make them feel guilty about the fact that they uh, have this opportunity and they didn't choose this opportunity but they have this opportunity to maybe work from home and you also project some of that in you know entitlement, but then it also shifts to displacing an anger, and so you now start physically actually taking that anger out on them and shifting the blame to them for things that you know they weren't they weren't aware of or they weren't able to control. And sometimes that can even happen with the people that you're working with around you. And it's not only you know just the people that are away from this COVID period, but I think another aspect of it is is when you split so then you you start to oscillate between almost happiness and the sense of optimism and hope as well as then a sense of gloom and you you don't know what to feel and suddenly everything is bad and there's no hope and what are we going to do about this covid period so you know, you you, you you tend to to switch between. And I, I found that split would definitely happen when I was feeling a lot more overwhelmed and a lot more tired. So maybe it's something to add on is um, healthcare practitioners really need to take time to take care of themselves and to rest well and to boost their immune system because... As soon as you start feeling a bit depleted, that's when the splitting will tend to happen. And then one of the things, and I think it's maybe for more anxious healthcare practitioners, is that the symptoms become somewhat somatic. So you see all the the stuff that they post on the symptoms for COVID-19, and then suddenly you have a little dry cough or sore throat, and you have trouble breathing, and suddenly you've got COVID-19, and then you're starting to feel the sense of guilt. And you're like, no, but I can't, I fall away at this moment in time. I'm not able to to be sick at this moment in time because my patients need me, my team need me. And what am I going to do? And then, then you, you say, no, but this is not a, a good enough reason. And so then you just, detach from your, your your experience and you detach from what you, you feel. Um, and this is often called dissociation. Obviously, it can happen in, in, in very severe cases. But I think in terms of the normal person, we, we tend to dissociate and just detach and separate ourselves from difficult feelings that we might be sitting with. And then when, when that falls away, what tends to also happen is that We will speak about difficult uh, situations and you'll hear, maybe hear about what happened in Italy and how many people pass away. And then you think, oh, shame, you know, that's really hectic and we need to be supportive, but without an actual integration of what you are feeling. So you just isolate the the affect and you say it, but you, you almost, you don't feel it. You say it in your mind, but you don't feel it in your heart. And then you you start developing these more, if you want to call it, appropriate ways of understanding this pandemic and uh, and COVID nineteen, um, and so that you start rationalizing. And then people that post these YouTube videos, but. You know, you will be safe if you do this and this and this. You rationalize that I can't get it if I do X, Y, and Z. And that's a way to, that's a healthy way to protect yourself. So it's something that you take on into your armory. And then you start to intellectualize the process and you start to explain what happened in Wuhan and what happened with this and this. And, and suddenly COVID-19 and the pandemic is, you know, quite far away, away from me, much like what I'm doing right now, I'm intellectualizing this whole process in terms of the things that we defend ourselves with and the things that we are feeling. And then any feeling that's negative. So some of that anger that you might be feeling and some of that, you know, sense of envy that you might be feeling towards other people, you start to channel into different things. So if all you really want to say is someone that oh, you're just so lucky that you get to work from home, you'll channel it and say something that's completely the opposite, you know, just so that you, you feel that you didn't say the bad thing and you counteracted, you know, those negative feelings. And then you get humor. And I think someone like the Kipness on, uh, on Instagram and on Facebook has been posting these, these melodies um, you know, in this time. And everyone posting all these memes on how to deal and cope with COVID-19. But the interesting thing about humor is that there's always a sense of pain and truth in it. And that's often what makes it a bit funny. So you can see that people are hurting when there's a lot of humor that is surfacing and coming up. Um, and then we tend to, to eventually default into one thing where we sublimate. And I think that's actually what a lot of um, healthcare practitioners and often essential workers are doing. Um, and sublimation is just basically having this difficult impulse and this difficult need and channeling it into something that is very constructive, much like you guys are doing this platform and um, what, much like what, what doctors and Anyone that's a essential worker is convincing themselves that, that they're doing this for the greater good. They're doing this because there needs to be a life after COVID-19, as well as balancing the duality of there needs to be life for there to be a life after COVID-19. So we're channeling all these difficult feelings and, and, and almost counteracting them these positive things and maybe more so for the people at home and they choose to channel these in exercise and just these more healthy ways of managing with these um, different emotions
0: Charles, those defense mechanisms are resonating so much with with me and i imagine with a lot of healthcare professionals you're speaking things that i didn't realize i was doing even being a therapist One should know these things, but still, you do them unconsciously. And I'm wondering what other actions healthcare professionals are are taking during this time.
2: The first thing that I'm going to say is that there is no right answer, you know, in how we manage different times. I've seen a lot of posts that I can definitely, definitely um, relate with in the sense that there is no right thing to be feeling at this moment time. And I would then also say that there is no right response. to these times but i think it is just to act in the best interests of you and the best interest of the people around you and you've got to find you know a way to to do something that is healthy but i think one of the things that i think practitioners and anyone that's actually an essential worker um is faced with um is priorities um versus the privilege um and i look at priorities as your well-being so that's your personal stuff and that's your health and then your family um, and then you have your finances, you know, because there has to be some provision in that sense. But maybe I must speak about it from the healthcare practitioner's point of view, which I'll do so just briefly. But then there's the other side where there is this privilege as well. And this is where we get conflicted with that guilt. And the fact that we might be accessible to people because it's an essential service, that the fact that we have this possibility and the fact that we have the ability, especially um, as healthcare practitioners, And we have to get the the juggling act right. And the sweet spot is obviously getting a sense of balance. But then we sometimes find ourselves, you know, just shutting off from the world and then we barricade. And then we also have the other side where you just get overwhelmed and you're trying to help the whole world. And then, you know, the burnout can happen very, very easily. So um, you almost have to balance the three Bs. When to barricade, when to balance, when went to push a bit harder and, and reached that burnout and, and come back. But obviously the, the ideal is not to get anywhere near the barricading and the, the burnout. It's, you know, to just try and, and hit the sweet spot and balance things. But I think one of the biggest difficulties with the priorities is obviously a big part of it is that you have to provide for yourself in this moment in time. Because especially, even if you're an employed healthcare worker um, and you derive a salary, or whether you are a you know, private practitioner, you can't hide because if you're a salaried employee, then your employers are going to be saying, well, you need to go out and you need to earn the salary and we need to do something in this period and time and you might not want to and you want to hide. And similarly, if you are in private practice and that's how you derive your income, you also can't hide because unless you have these mega, mega reserves, you have to almost, go out into the world and engage with it and and act and, and and help people so you know you're often conflicted with this and you know being in this period and 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 maybe being in more contact so a psychologist is different we have the very very big privilege which i'll speak about now of obviously being able to engage um in self-isolation but as well as remotely but you do have an, uh, a responsibility to family and to make sure that if you are coming back from from the psychiatric hospital or working in hospitals and, you know, you've been exposed to people that uh, might have COVID-19 or just that general aura of, of COVID-19, then you have to protect them as well. So, there's a balance and you, you might even have to stay in separate rooms or certain procedures need to be taken to protect your family and then it then it just makes it difficult and all you want to do is just snuggle up especially on a day when it's a bit gloomy and it rained a bit and um, that sort of thing and and you, then you really have to take care of your well-being. Funny enough though, even the way I've addressed those things, it's almost the last thing that we we tend to take care of. But that should be the first thing, because you can't function if you don't have self. Um, you can be as selfless as you want, but if you take the first four letters of selfless away, you have less. So we do have a responsibility towards ourselves in this moment in time. But then there is the aspect that we are privileged, um, in the sense that we have, one, accessibility um, to a lot of different mediums and platforms, just like we're having this podcast over Zoom and we have Instagram and Facebook and just different ways and possibilities to communicate and engage and give people a sense of hope without actually, for lack of a better term, being in the front line. So I've been lucky and at least in this week that you know I haven't had to go into the hospital, but it might not be the case next week. So. trying to use my privilege appropriately and we have we have a unique ability because as healthcare practitioners we are very well trained in the art of compassion um, and empathy and and understanding for people um, and being able to to help them have a sense of calm in this period so balancing between the privilege and priorities is a very big part and i mean for me to say that there is one way to cope with this i i i don't think there is i think there's many ways to cope with this and you know i've listened to some of the other podcasts and what some of the other people are saying and i think to take you know to take what they're saying in terms of eating in terms of occupational balance in terms of everything and the dynamics that are playing out as ways to take on as ways to take on you know coping in this period but i think from my point of view i think it is to almost create a list of what is my privilege and what are my priorities and making sure that you're getting the balancing act right and maybe also doing your part. And if your part is as a musician, you know, doing music lessons online um, in this period, then that's your part. Um, I I recently saw a friend of mine in the UK that's a very, very well-known ballet dancer. Um, You know, she started doing... S- sessions and lessons for free on Instagram. And, um, you know, she thought, well, I'm a ballet dancer. What what difference am I going to make? And uh, one of the doctors in the NHS actually reached out to her and said that that has been something that has been a good self-care strategy for her, being able to do the ballet uh, lessons in the mornings that she has or from working in the hospital. So there are many ways that we can all contribute and help in this moment in time and it is just to be aware of what our priorities are and what our privileges are and, and and to balance between the two because something that you take for granted that is within your possibility ability as well as feasibility, is not necessarily what someone else might have
1: sure. so charles i think talking about privilege and priorities I and mean, then attempting to find the balance is going to be very important for people to prevent against things like burnout. And I think having you talk to us about so many different things about what healthcare practitioners are feeling, the ways in which they're trying to cope. And then these other aspects that we need to take into account in terms of, you know, what is our privilege? What what are our priorities right now to prevent against things like burnout and strike that balance that you're speaking about is going to, to be really motivating for a lot of people and also enlightening just in terms of languaging their experience, helping them identify what's going on for them. And I think that's going to be quite an empowering experience. So I just want to say thank you so much for what you've shared with us today. You have given us so much wisdom and insight. I know personally for me, but I'm sure for a lot of other people. So thank you so much for the time that you've taken and the research you've done and and, and being here with us today.
2: I appreciate it and I'm glad um, that I can do it for, for the people because I think these are just unprecedented times and as much as we can put things into action, you know, such as healthy diets and, 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 and good balance and routines and that sort of thing, I think we also need to be um, equipped and armoured up with, uh, with knowledge about some of the things that are happening inside of us so that it, it helps us better understand what we're doing and how we're relating to people.
0: Thank you very much, Charles. You have been incredibly, incredibly informative and so helpful to talk to. We really appreciate your time and the effort you've put in. We thank you very much. Thank you.
1: And for those of you that want to get in touch with Charles or just learn some more about him, you can research him or you can contact him on his website. That's That's www.simpsychology.co.za.
0: So that's it for us. We will see you next time on How to Mental Health Lockdown Edition. Stay sane, everybody. We'll check in later.
1: See you soon.